0: Welcome to Funny Women Behind the Scenes, a sequent covered podcast hosted by international showgirl and comedian Ivy Page. We'll be exploring what it's really like to work in the entertainment industry, from live comedy and cabaret to television and film. Brought to you by Funny Women, the leading community for female comedy. So let's get on with the show and welcome your host, Ivy Page. Welcome.
1: This is your flame haired Titan of Tea's Ivy Page in my burlesque boudoir, a place of glitz, glamour, and show business guests. Take a seat on my chaise lounge as we break the fourth wall, peel back the velvet curtains, and reveal what really happens in the world of entertainment behind the scenes.
0: Ooh, 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 ooh.
1: I I'm joined by the award-winning comedian, vlogger, blogger, and the creator of her hit blog, Tired and Tested. In 2017, she shot to fame with her parenting parody song of Ed and Smell On You, which of course you've all heard of, which went viral, amassing over 25 million views on Facebook. And in 2020, she won the Funny Women Comedy Web Series Award. What an absolute pleasure to work welcome Sophie McCartney
0: oh
2: well hello thank you so much for having me I tell you what the Ad Sheeran thing is going to be on my (laughs) my gravestone there's just
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's never any escaping it ever again but I've got uh parent friends that uh, independently um mentioned that song to me do you know what I look back <laughs> in it and I cringe you know when you, it's like the first
2: it was literally the first thing I'd ever done and I put it out there I filmed it on an iPad I'm like really pitchy singing into a like first edition iPad and now I've got to live with it now for the rest of for the rest of my days that's it 25 million
1: views though that's astonishing know. isn't it what did it feel like when you were watching the numbers go up It was actually terrifying. You know, people talk about going viral and it was just,
2: it was something I was completely unprepared for. I actually sat in my kitchen in the dark, panic eating crumpets.
1: (laughs) Well, you know what? If you're going to panic eat anything, I think crumpets is a really good choice.
2: It's the panic. Yeah. Absolute panic food of choice with Marmite as well. That's controversial.
1: (gasps) No, I'm with you on this. Marmite with the butter and it all mixes in.
2: And it drips through the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah. All the other people who don't agree are just wrong.
1: <laughs> you got <must laughs> <laughs> um, So, okay. So, we know about the huge, huge sensation of the Ed Sheeran, but you've done so much more um, alongside of that. So, can you tell me a bit and tell us all about, about your comedy career to date?
2: Yeah. Well, do you know what? I actually just fell into it. And it actually started with the Ed Sheeran thing. I used to work in PR and marketing. I'd had the kids and I didn't go back to work. I decided against it. And thought I'd be a stay-at-home mom, but actually got really bored really quick. And that's nothing against stay-at-home moms. I just, for me, because I'd been in a creative industry, I guess, I just struggled with just the day-to-day, the mundane, I guess, as, as you know, <laughs> you call it. And, um, and I started doing some written blogs. And then I had a friend who was like, you need to get, you know, on on this social media and really ironically when I used to work in PR and marketing I
1: hated social media oh did you because I was just going to ask you if your experience in PR and marketing has helped in terms of developing social media strategies you know
2: I'd say yes and no because um, I wasn't the best at it, ironically. I
1: was pretty. <laughs> Hang rubbish. on, that's not
2: good PR. I know, I know, I know. I'm never one for PRing myself properly, but I was pretty rubbish at it when I was working for all these big brands that were paying me money to do it. I was pretty pants at it, and um, and then yeah, in a weird twist of fate, it ended up actually being my career. But I think it's different when it's yourself and you can put your energies into you know obviously making yourself look better. Whereas you know in the past I won't name names, but it was you you know, certain beige crumbed children's food that I was trying to make sound. <laughs> read <laughs> between the lines. <laughs> read between them, read between them. And, um, and, and so, yes, yeah, so it was completely different for me to then go on and do, you know, my own thing for myself, so yeah, I think it has helped, and, and and other parts of it, I've just stumbled my way through it. But yeah, it all kind of started from that Ed Sheeran video. My friend was like, "Just get yourself on there, put your face out there on social media, and do a video." And I didn't know what to do. Thought I was such a shy, retiring wallflower <laughs> I said, "I oh, can't possibly do like talking to the camera." So I know I'll I'll sing and dance on the internet instead. And that was my first thing that I did. And then it all just went. <laughs> And I was like, okay, this is what I do now. So I'll just roll with it. So what was the light bulb
1: moment for that video, for that parody song? Do you know what, in terms of doing it or kind of, yeah. The conception of the idea.
2: So so at the time my daughter was, how old was she? She would have been about seven or eight months. So she was still quite little, still in nappies. And it was very much that you get up every day, you do the same thing. And Ed Sheeran's song was number one. It was for weeks and weeks, wasn't it? When he... Yeah. When he brought it out and it was constantly on the radio and I just used to sing it to her and I used to change some of the words around when I was changing a nappy and I'd be like oh my bed sheet smell like poo and um, <laughs> yeah,
1: and she used to just giggle along to it I know go what a creative lyrical genius I am I know uh, but it's the fact that so many um, millions of other people have related to it I think that's what's amazing. <laughs>
2: so yeah and it, it just it came of that it came from me just changing some of the lyrics around when I was just with her all day on my own and she'd give me a little giggle and I thought oh do you know what it was stuck in my head mainly and I couldn't get it out and I just thought okay I'll give it a whirl I'll change some more of the lyrics and I guess the rest is is cringy internet history
1: well that's the thing is it also once it's on the internet that's oh, it that's it that's it. And you know what? I really didn't think it through
2: in a, in a huge kind of way. I honestly thought I was going to put it up there. I'd I'd, 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 had my blog, which was my tired and tested blog that I had, which I just hosted on whatever it is, WordPress. Um, and then I'd set up my socials. And I think at the time I had 400 followers on Facebook. And I honestly thought if I do this video, I might get to 500 followers and then somebody might send me something for free. <laughs>
1: I like your motivation
2: yeah I was like mm-hmm. yeah this will be it it'll make me I'll get 500 followers and um and it, it did make me but not in that way and funnily enough I'd set the Tide and tested name up because you know, it was a good play on parenting but also in my head I was gonna you know be the kind of blogger who'd maybe go and review days out and do fun things with the kids and try and find things that would make parents lives easier that was going to be the whole idea behind it and then this one video just took me in a completely different path than that from what I thought I was going to do when I set myself up online and I actually then fell into comedy and it just yeah I, I thought I was going this way like to the left and I just took a very hard right and just and went a completely different way but it was brilliant it was the best thing that could have happened to me it completely changed my life for, for for the better I know that sounds really corny but it, but it did it gave me a career overnight that I never knew was possible for me I didn't know it was it existed and I probably would never have ever done it if that hadn't happened
1: do you use your experiences as a parent as the inspiration for a lot of your comedy material
2: yeah I do at the moment well When I first started off 100%, that was what I was mainly doing. I was looking at just what would happen in my life on a day-to-day basis and Mm -hmm. then putting a comedic spin on that. But then as the kids have got older and I've kind of grown in terms of the content that I make, I've started then – of doing different things and reaching out and broadening that spectrum a little bit so now as well as the parenting stuff I'll do I do spoof makeup videos and some, <laughs> of my, some of my best ones like post the Ed Sheeran one some of the ones with the highest millions of views have been I think I did a 90s makeup tutorial I took it right back to the butterfly clips and your hair and the like the glitter eyeshadow. and I
1: remember up. that uh, yeah
2: <laughs> and and yeah and that that again that just blew up so I actually quite enjoy just mixing it up a little bit and not staying in my lane. I didn't want to be like, oh, you're just a parenting blogger. That's just what you have to yeah. do. Or You just do parenting comedy. For me, that is a very big element of what I do. And it's how I started and it's where a lot of my followers are. So I still sit within that bracket and I still love making that kind of content. But I also love having the creative license to go out and try new things. And I think that's actually what helps in terms of growing my following and kind of keeping me still, you know, in, in the game. You know, there's a lot of people mm. I do who feel like they just want to stay in one area and that's that. But I think in terms of longevity in, in terms of me and moving forward in a, in a comedy career, it's good to have that that mix and and try different things. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That's absolutely fine. You just chalk it up to experience. But actually when something flies, you go, wow okay, that's another, you know, I took a punt and it it worked. So,
0: yeah, I just tried to mix it up. You're listening to Funny Women Behind the Scenes. All the backstage gossip and more.
1: So you're really connected to your audience, aren't you? Yeah. And, And... so could you give us any tips about how do you grow... Because your audience actually voted for you, didn't they, for the um, the Funny Women Comedy Web Series Award. Yeah. So we're in a real state at the moment, aren't we, where we can directly connect to our audience. So what advice would you give, Peter, like comedians who are starting out about how they can grow their followers? It is so important to actually of the way that you've used the word connect, because it that's what it is. You
2: are you're talking directly to people who are your target audience. They're people who could potentially come and see you do a gig if you, you know, if you're doing anything live, they're people who will, you know, if you're writing books or you're you're then going into television, they're people who will follow you along in that journey. So for me, I've always been very keen on engaging with them. And that's a kind of a, a buzzword in the in the social <laughs> media. It's all about engagement. But it really is, it's about taking time to to speak to the people who actually want to follow what you do and finding out what they like. And I think once you get that connection with an audience and you've really kind of honed in to the trends and the things that they like to see, that's actually when you can really capitalize on it and make content content for them that will then fly and do really well because people feel really invested in you and that's lovely it's an amazing kind of position to to be in and to be able to create content that people want to see and that they'll come back for as well because that's really important in social as well it's the thing that the algorithm that
0: dreaded word the algorithm yeah,
1: i think there yeah. is it's it is interesting isn't it because it's like we all assume that there's this magic invisible formula yeah. Yeah. to make someone's content go viral yeah but is that the case or is it not do you know what I there's still a bit of me that thinks there's a man sat in a room in California
2: just a big button <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do wonder that as well I like this yeah. one Go, yeah, go go because some of them you do sometimes you look at some videos and you go I just don't understand how that one's had absolute kind of millions of views and then something else just won't. And, you know, I look at that with some of the things that I do. I'll, I'll do one video and actually it'll be the ones that I don't really put a lot of effort or time into that fly. And then the ones that I have, you know, you know, just like spent months and months planning and they might not do as well. And there sometimes doesn't seem to be that much of a rhyme or reason to it, but yeah, I just think with the algorithm, I think people can obsess over it, but I honestly think that it comes down to really, really simple basic terms of it's just content that is relatable and gets a reaction in terms of people will look at it and go, wow, wow. I want to share that with my friends and I think if you have those things along with an engagement level then that that's it really and it's that simple it just has to be something that people want to watch for longer than three seconds something that they want to talk about with their friends and something that inspires them to leave a comment and I think really if you're looking at people always ask me or oh, what's you know what's the tips and tricks to going viral and I that that's it you just have to create content that is shareable and sometimes I do think it is the luck, the luck of the draw. Sometimes I think you have to have those things, but I think sometimes if all the stars align and you know Jupiter's in the right place
1: and the moon <laughs> is casting just the right shadow, then potentially you might get a viral video. Are there any particular social media platforms which you think work better for comedy content? Uh, it depends. You know, everyone just
2: has a personal preference. Um, for me. I like Facebook and Instagram. Um, I know a lot of people in comedy, especially they don't really utilize Facebook. and, And it's great for me because I get to, I get to sweep up all of that market that nobody else is really that interested in. But for me, Facebook works really well because it's all about long-form content. That's what they prioritize in terms of what you see on your newsfeed. So if you have a video that is three minutes or more, pe- the, that that's an algorithm winner. The Facebook like that. So they, it's all about um, promoting uh, conversation and engagement, and basically keeping people on the app for as long as possible, so they see all the Facebook's adverts. Facebook. So it has to be longer than three minutes. Three minutes for Facebook, yeah 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 so that's their kind of key thing then other platforms that you have like instagram nowadays they're all about reels which is kind of like their rival to tiktok so they're more about short term so that's 15 30 seconds so it just it just depends and i use different platforms for different things and i will i you know, I generally won't put the same content on, on both. YouTube was never really one that I got that into. I used it really kind of back in the the early days where I would host my, um, my blog videos on there and then embed them into my blog. But that was it really. I don't think made that much of a difference in terms of my career progression. It's just, everybody has a preference on the chosen platforms for me, Facebook, Instagram. I know that they work for me and I put most of my efforts into growing them.
1: And I guess it's going back to what you were saying before, It's about working out how to connect to where are your audience? Exactly. What platform do they
2: use? Exactly. And if, you know, if, if I'm talking about kind of parenting comedy, a vast majority of parents, uh, Facebook and Instagram, there's, uh, there's more of a trend now going towards TikTok. TikTok is a much younger demographic, but there are people in their 30s, 40s and upwards that are also on TikTok. So that's an avenue that I'm now kind of also exploring as well. But, you know, I'm still
0: still not quite there on TikTok. This is Funny Women Behind the Scenes. If you want to know more about us, visit www.funnywomen.com.
1: So let's talk about winning the Funny Women Comedy Web Series Award. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, you know what? That seems
2: like such a long time ago now. Like It's been a funny old year in between that happening. But yeah, that was a good day. It was a good day. So tell us about the web series. Yes. So, okay. Planet Birth was my series that I did. And this was an idea that I'd had in the pipeline for quite a while. I had been um, on a Hindu pregnant, and through sober eyes, had uh, witnessed the scene of a lot of very drunk women, a lot of them <laughs> mums, who just looked like they were on day release from prison, who just like ditched the kids somewhere. And they were like, yeah, let's just go rental, and had just found <laughs> way too much Prosecco, got far. Five- i mm-hmm. mm-hmm excited about the fact that they were allowed out of the house with one small handbag and that was it and it all kind of unfolded in front of me and I just absorbed it all in quietly in the corner just like making notes like this is <laughs> brilliant benching I put, put it in my mind for future content and um and yeah and I did so I the first one that I did I did the hungover Mom, which was um which was obviously very much based on on that night out and it's uh, a David Attenborough mockumentary look at mums through this third person's eyes and kind of all the things that we get up to all the antics and um and yeah and and that one did really really well for me and I just kept going from there on in so the hungover mum got a couple of new outings she um she got we when when we were in the first lockdown in the great lockdown the first and we all kind of got on zoom and um and there were a, a lot of drunk zoom chats weren't there that were going on there were a few and I and I I personally felt that the zoom hangover was far worse than a normal hangover because you would just be sitting in the comfort of your own living room wouldn't you and also you have to look at yourself yeah exactly <laughs> just like oh and then you wouldn't need to kind of get up and go to the loo as much and you'd just be just like <laughs> knocking back with drinks and then you'd stand up and just fall flat on your face so yeah so she got a lot she got a lot of outings um, from, from lockdown and it just progressed from there really lots of everyday scenarios that I put this mum character in and, and kind of with Dave and Deborah lurking behind bushes observing her for all the things that she was doing
1: so can you tell what are some of the exciting things that have come out of winning? award what's been happening over the last year
2: oh my gosh it's been a it's been a crazy year I mean for so many reasons but um so after I won the award I um I got some great press off the back of it I had a brilliant write-up um from the BBC from their entertainment editor and they gave me this huge article I did this big interview and that that was brilliant from a PR perspective and so, lots of things then kind of happened off the back of that. I've been writing, so I've just pitched for um, a TV series that I've um, that I've kind of that that wasn't that was just a mad, um, mad kind of experience to do to somebody to come to me and go, okay, we'd like you to um, come up with a couple of ideas for TV series and just pitch them. And I was like, okay, just so casual, just never done any, like but okay, just absolutely blagged it. <laughs> Um, fine, if you want. Um, and then I have signed book deals as well, so I'm currently writing I've got two Ooh, books. That's exciting. Tell us about those. Yeah. Well, I can't say too much because my publisher hasn't done an announcement yet. But okay. um, so I can kind of just give you vague, vague outlines. Okay, so. Vague, vague. It's super vague, super breezy, super cash. Um, but the first one is very much a journey out of your twenties into your 30s, and all the kind of life responsibilities and parenting is featured in there as well. And how things maybe don't quite stack up how you think they're going to be when you're young and, and carefree. So that's kind of the first one. And then the second one is um, going to be my first journey into comedy fictional novel writing, which I'm very excited about because that's something that I've always wanted to do always always before I kind of fell into this I had started writing I probably got like three half written manuscripts and they were all kind of comedy novels so for me to be able to now kind of do this and, and call it my, my job is just probably one of the my proudest moments I mean I haven't written it yet <laughs> I haven't written it yet so maybe about <laughs> six months when I'm having some kind of breakdowns I realized I'm not very good at writing comedy novels um but yeah there's lots of things I've been doing tv stuff I've got a regular slot radio
1: Oh, well tell us about the radio. Lot. so we
2: can come yeah. and listen to you so i do um so bbc radio manchester i do um trending topics on the drive time show so when we have a little me and phil the drive time um, presenter we have little chats about what's been happening over on the weekend I do it on a monday like kind of alternate weeks and do it on a monday and we just talk about anything that's happened in the news over the weekend funny spins on that i did um i've been doing some Comedy feature presenting for Steph's Pat Lunch on Channel Four as well. So yeah, it's been um, it's all been all been going off in um, in quite a short space of time, really. So it's been really exciting. What an exciting year! Yeah, I know. I'm probably in the worst year for it to happen. So it's been a yeah. pretty cool year, but it's also been a pretty good year
1: as well. Yeah. And um, can you? Because obviously we've we've got the awards coming up. Yeah. So what what tips could you give our but people that are applying? Do you know what? I would just say, go for it and don't worry
2: about anything else apart from just doing what you want to do and putting out your style of content and your comedy and not worrying about people judging it or what people think. And this is what I always say to people about kind of just content producing in in general. I think as long as you're true to yourself and your comedy and your humor, you'll always find people who enjoy it. And, you know, don't try and be just a general crowd pleaser. You know, if people don't like what you do that that's fine but there will always be people who like what you do
1: so what did winning the award mean to you oh do you know what it was I'm not a natural born winner not a natural.
2: Never, never I don't know been. I might beg to differ listen <laughs> no I've never I've never won anything it's honestly but the first really? thing yeah the first thing I'd ever won in my life um not not even a sports day race and so for me it was just it was such a lovely accolade and almost just like finally, that kind of pat on the back, and that I you don't always get from doing content creation. I think sometimes you know people view almost what you do as just like a bit of a commodity and mm. roll past you, and people can sometimes be quite negative towards you, and it's sometimes not seen
1: in the same like Sometimes people don't think it's a proper job. people I was you know. just gonna say it's quite interesting, isn't it, because l- listening to the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes effectively of the content is actually it's more than a full-time job
2: (laughs) it it, honestly it really really is and people don't you're right people don't see the planning that goes in behind and for me like potentially it's a skill set to make it look as though it hasn't been planned and that's you know that's the aim of my content I I like to create videos that look as though they're just rolling off the tongue and, you know, potentially I'm just ad-libbing it or I'm freestyling it. But actually that would have been a script that I've written in some instances. Sometimes I do just kind of go on and just do something random, but in a lot of times it is something that's thought out. It would be the same amount of effort that I've put into if I was doing a, a stand-up set. Mm. It's the same kind of planning and formulating of jokes that, that, that goes into it, but people don't see that. And, you know,
1: and so actually, In a way, with the content creation, you don't have the luxury of, you know, go gigging around for, you know, 10 weeks, trying out your set. And when it's on the internet, it's, it's exposed to thousands of people, isn't it? Instantly.
2: It is, it is. But I think probably the difference as well is, you know, when you go out and you 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 gig around, you you get that instant feedback as well. So you'll know if something's funny, you'll know if something's good because people will laugh and you'll get that reward in terms of applause. But when you know you're doing stuff on on the internet, people might like it and share it, but you don't get that kind of the, the gratification of knowing that people really enjoyed it. You don't get a you don't get a hand clap, you don't get people, you know, like you don't get to see their faces
1: of, of that they're enjoying it. I was going to ask you actually before we um finished do you ever have a social media detox
2: yeah yeah so yes yeah, so I do I don't that often to be honest because I I do enjoy it it's you know it's it's my job and if if I didn't I think the minute that I stopped enjoying it I think that would be the end of it for me because I'm just not a big believer in doing something that you don't want to do. I worked in PR and marketing for like 10 years and I hated it. It was miserable. And every day I'd go to work and I would be dreading it. And I would always sit there and think, do you know what? There has to be more to life than this for me. And you know, I know some people who work, I've got good friends who work in that industry and they love it. But for me, it just wasn't, for me, it didn't make me happy. So actually now to be in an industry that I do really enjoy... Like, so I i do enjoy being on social media. So, yes, yeah, so the one I don't, I won't be on. I feel that when I watch your videos, it's infectious. Yeah, I- yeah I do and do you know what I've, and I've been off Instagram and it was lovely to be away and just kind of had a bit of time because it's been half turned. so I've been with the kids and just kind of just trying to be a fun mum and also ignoring them and putting them on the phone in the corner just like, mummy says <laughs> I'm so fun um, and yeah I, and I came back on it yesterday and I picked my phone back up and I got back onto my stories and I was like oh and it was it was just it was nice to be able to to do that and I for me Instagram I love stories like I feel that's how I
1: connect best with people so where can I listeners find you if they haven't found you already which I'm sure they have <laughs> <laughs>
2: so on Instagram I'm tired and tested and then on Facebook I'm tired and tested so um so yeah so I'm mainly on there TikTok I'm tired and tested as well but I mean don't get your hopes up on TikTok I'm not <laughs> I, might, I might grace TikTok with a video like maybe once every blue moon on there but it's something that uh, yeah I'm working on I'm working on but it's just finding the time to do it and kind of mastering all of
1: them just seems like uh, a pretty Big feat to take on. So. I don't know. I feel like you have mastered m- more than more than most people. Sophie's been an absolute pleasure to talking to you. I can't wait to read your books. Oh, thanks. Well, yeah, I need to finish them. Note to self: finish them. <laughs> It's my favourite time when I lure her lovingly out of the gin cabinet. Let's welcome Lynn Parker. Hello, Lynn. Oh, I'm pleased that it's lovingly being lured. That's all I can say. Well, you know, I, I try my best with the amount of gin that I've restocked the cabinet with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Wow, what a great interview with Sophie.
3: Yeah, she's absolutely incredible. And I love her energy. I think you do too. And Oh,
1: it's infectious.
3: Yeah, and I actually think, that she's a shining example of somebody that sort of almost stumbled into comedy as a genre but it also illustrates just how diverse comedy is you know it's another and you know that whole influencer market is such an amazing opportunity.
1: I I, I felt listening to her really inspired by listening to somebody's story where they have Come across, you know, internet comedy content as a genre, and then completely carved out their own comedy career mm. from creating these videos. And also,
3: it was very interesting when Sophie was talking about being a mum and being bored with a small baby. All I used to do is sit and watch um, crap telly, as I call it, on a loop. You know, <laughs> <laughs> when, when my son's nearly thirty-three, so you know, it was a very, very different times. <laughs> uh, but you know. It, the, yeah it's boring when you've got a small baby you know and particularly if you've had a career before and in fact
1: strangely my career was PR and marketing <laughs> I did think that I was yeah. like oh I wonder that's why I wanted to speak to you about the skill set of PR and marketing if there is something in that yeah I I am um, I think it is that when you are marketing
3: and promoting other people If you're not happy, and I completely identified with what Sophie was talking about, you you just think, oh, why am I doing it for this person? Okay, they're paying me. But I think there is a point where you fall out of love with it. And my story was slightly different in that I discovered promoting and producing comedy. Uh, You know, I mean, I've always loved comedy, but I've never really wanted to be a stand-up. But I found my niche by creating funny women so there is a parallel i expect sophie's a lot more successful commercially than i am (laughs) but you know um different times you know and actually some of these women are making they're not just making a living they're making a lot of money doing uh, you know a a job that they it is a job you're absolutely right there's a lot of work that goes into producing decent yeah you know you've got to know what you're doing um for those of our listeners who've ever been on one of our comedy crash courses, which I know you also uh, facilitate on, Sophie's sessions are amazing. They're full of tips and good information. She's really smart and she deserves her success.
1: And actually, it was really inspiring, wasn't it? Listening to all the wonderful opportunities that have opened up after mm. winning the award last year. Mm.
3: I also, just going back to the mum thing as well, it's interesting to see how many successful uh, women of around the same age and with backgrounds of having other, had other careers doing a similar kind of thing they're not the same but they're all mums who clearly been bored at home who've started creating video content and if we're looking at uh inspiring other women to enter what is our new award for, for this year um which is now the funny women heat content creator award we've actually simplified it slightly uh but if you go and look on instagram specifically there's victoria eames who's really funny and there's another woman called knee deep in life
1: oh yes i follow yes her.
3: yeah and in fact victoria and whoever the person is who does knee deep in life they do a podcast together as well so one for our one for our future series Um, but yeah so they're all turning their hands to different things so you know you can have a career that you can control and bring up your kids I I wish it had been around when I was doing it because I think it would have been a lot more interesting than endless episodes of EastEnders.
1: I don't know although I love EastEnders that is my guilty pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So before I send you back to the gene cabinet um let's i want to quickly talk about how our listeners can enter this award so this is the same award but slightly
3: different it is now being sponsored by heat magazine so heat world the heat print magazine um so it's the funny women heat content creator award and we're looking for anybody who produces funny female content on any of the social media platforms the big thing is your audience has to vote for you. It is not enough just to nominate yourself and expect to win because you won't win with one vote. It is very much a call out to your audience, which is not why Sophie won, because obviously her content was brilliant as well, but it certainly helped because she had a lot of votes. So it is it is a nomination and we are running that right up till the 14th of September.
1: Well, so you've got loads of time to get your... Uh your content created and your audience voting for you but that is the key thing so it's it's a sort of a a market yourself award
3: you know it could be something really simple but if millions of people vote for it you could win
1: sophie gave some brilliant advice in the interview about connect to your audience
3: yeah she she knows how to do it so it could be one thing it could be a literally a pratfall of you doing something you know falling flat on your face on tiktok or it could be a whole sort of narrative on a reel or a Facebook Live or whatever. So, you know, um, there's plenty of scope for it. We've got the whole of the summer <laughs> stretching out in front of us, in and out of lockdown. And um, and from all over the world, let's stress that as well. This is, you know, the awards are global. We'd love to see some content from America, Australia, where we have two very active um regional chapters but you know wherever you are in the world that please send in your your um your content
1: and your content can literally just be recorded on on a really basic smartphone doesn't have to be you know brand new can do so much
3: can do so much now with your phone so yeah don't you don't think you don't have to be have have a whole full studio setup with lights and what have you it might be something really simple um which is the beauty of it really and and hopefully makes it c- accessible in terms of our awards as well it's another dimension of comedy
1: well on that note i'm going to send you back to the gin cabinet because we're going to have a lot of comedy content videos to be watching over the next few months so we're going to get our rest while we still can it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you lynn enjoy your gin and we'll see you all right? thanks soon thanks ivy ooh,
0: ooh, ooh. You've been listening to Funny Women Behind the Scenes with Ivy Page. If you like us, please subscribe, review and share.